come back. Guess who's back? Back and again. <laughs> not sick anymore. Latif is back. <laughs> That's my theme song. No, only when you take weeks off. Me and my whole family and a bunch of my friends all just suddenly got like a, a wave of this weird cold. Yeah, it's the season, man. Yeah. That's why summer's the best and winter sucks. But now that it's gone, it's great. <laughs> and I guess it's good you got it earlier in the season, too. Because like, it yeah. just gets worse as the season goes on. Yeah, it only lasted like three days. And it was bad. Yeah, well, no, there were the better symptoms. Like, it wasn't the worst version of the cold. But, mm-hmm. like, I prefer getting, like, a really stuffy nose. as mm-hmm. opposed, sorry, sorry, a really runny nose as opposed to a stuffy nose. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, I had a runny nose and a little cough, a slight fever. You know, I could still breathe normally. That's good news. Just slept for three days and you're good? Yeah. But I was I was working from home. That's good. Yeah. Still yeah. making money. Yeah, it was uh, it was exhausting, though. <laughs> I was, like, rolling around trying to, like, sit my laptop up. Trying to type something in. I could barely see. <laughs> Where you call him and you're like, you have no idea how good I am to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the guy's talking to me on the phone. He's like, yeah, we just need you to change the edit. I'm just like shirtless, like with this laptop sideways. I'm lying down. I'm like, yeah, got it, got it. And I'm like tapping this keyboard. <laughs> Managed to get everything. Well, that's good news, man. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got a lot to tackle this week. First, we're going to launch into a little follow-up on Latif's thoughts on last week's episode. So last week I just did a little, or I guess one of two of last week's episodes because we give you guys two last week. Um, But the second one I talked about how you need to go out and live life and experience things that aren't filmed to make yourself a better filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And Latif's going to chime in with his two cents. So Latif's going to make sweet earlobe to you for the next two minutes. Yeah, I I was just listening to what I had no idea what Matt was going to talk about in the last episode. I just got the episode and threw some music on the front and back. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I listened to a bit of it, and, you know, I thought it was a valid point. you got to have some experience in life before you can talk about anything. And I think for a lot of people getting into the film industry, they're, you know, just out of film school, you know, 20, 23, 24 young guys and girls, and you got to get out there and, and live a little and... And have something to talk about when you decide to make a film. Otherwise, uh, you'll try to make a film about filmmaking if you just come out of film school. Yeah, don't ever do that. Because <laughs> that's the last thing that was on your mind. I, I really think it's a good idea, right, when you get out of film school. Yes, like, try to get some work and, and dabble in the in the field. And more importantly, just get out there and travel and, and meet new people. And if you're in a relationship nurture the relationship because I'm sure going to film school or anything like that has damaged your relationship (laughs) as it normally would you know connect with your parents and your family and and if you've if you're if you've been holding off some conversation that that's been bugging you like go have that conversation or if you've never seen a live show go do that these are all experiences that like we need to feel before we can even talk about them begin to um, translate them through film yeah I mean I've had situations where I had to write something that I'd never been through <laughs> um, but it was as simple as just going out and doing the thing to know what it felt like so 
Um, but you know, these are in the early stages of, of filmmaking. I, I think uh, it's important for everyone to go out there and have unique personal life experiences. It doesn't mean go out and do the generic things that everyone else is doing, but like live your life and go through your own experiences and and take that and then and use it um, in your filmmaking and in, in your art. Uh, and not everything you go through is going to become something you write. I mean, you could write something that's like a fantasy and completely unrelated to a film you want to make, but like some of the relationships and the connections that you have in life will kind of translate over into the the writing and the work that you do, I believe. So I'm going to bite into this banana, which will signify the end of this segment. Oh, that was... I want to know how that sounds, because it was uncomfortable to watch. <laughs> yeah, it was just me biting into a banana. Get a little... Very intently. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it was a moment. <laughs> Uh, podcast listeners know what eating a banana sounds like. <laughs> so in case you've never done it, you should go do that and experience it so you can write a movie about it. <laughs> I brought this banana here just so I, my stomach wouldn't rump growl when it was when we were talking, so so I'm eating it. Thinking ahead, man. Thinking ahead. Mm-hmm. Alright, so this week's topic. Won't you fill them in? You want me to fill them in? You fill them in. Yeah, this week we're talking about the day-to-day schedule and the minutiae of all the things that we have to deal with and how we try to fit everything we want to do into the day or into the week even but no one really talks about it on the level that we are like the indie 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 filmmakers the micro budget film world doesn't get a lot of coverage on how to do it day to day and mm-hmm. it's a lot because you know um one of the reasons i wanted to do this was Latif and i come from kind of two different lifestyles in it like, I work full-time on it Friday, and Latif does from time to time, too, but he also freelances. Yeah. So, you'll often hear people say, you know, how do you do all those things you do? Where, where do you get the time? And the answer is, you make time. <laughs> you know, I... How many hours you got in a day, Latif? 24. Wow, I got 24, too, man. <laughs> Just like all the other people. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I thought I had more. Yeah, so you'll hear a lot of people say, like, you know, I work 9 to 5. I wake up at 8, I have some breakfast, I go to work. By the time I get off work, I'm tired, so I watch some TV and I go to bed. How do you have the time to do what you do? And it's like, it's simple. You make time. So I figure Latif and I could go through our daily schedules, kind of show you how much time we allocate to do what we do while still having like the two said our normal lives and and jobs what we do for money all that kind of stuff okay so average day uh i wake up at five twenty. every day pretty well every day now i know even on the weekends uh yeah my internal clock kind of does it i try and go back to bed on the weekends for a little bit but sometimes you're just up uh so yeah when i say five twenty, the first thought that i think most people would think is fuck that and you're not wrong to think that. <laughs> it sucks. I don't like it. Waking up before the sun is brutal, but it's kind of what you have to do. I wake up that early because I really enjoy exercising. So I go to the gym Monday to Friday. If I don't go at 5.20, then I don't have a chance to go. So I go at 5.20, I'll get back to my house, call it 7.30, uh, take a quick shower, and then... I open my laptop and I do film work before I go to day job work. Um, Every day I try and get a little meditation in, like 10 minutes. It's one thing I would recommend for everyone. It's an amazing tool for filmmaking as well. Anyways, after that, go to work. 
I will start work at 9. My break is at 11, which I go and I pull my laptop out and I do 15 minutes of film work, and then I go back to day job work. And on lunch, I scarf down some food and pull up my laptop and do more film work. And then go back to day job, finish that off. I've done that at 5.30, and then I go home. I whip up something to eat real quick. I say hi to my wife for 10 minutes, take a shower, and then I'm off to Latif's to, at this point, edit the movie three, four, I don't know, maybe five days a week in the future Yeah. until around 11. So I'm going from 5.20 to at least 11 every day. I'd like to stress that it didn't start that way. You know, it wasn't like... I have a 9 to 5 job. I want to make films. And then the next day I was going from 5.20 to 11 every day. Like you build up. You, you say mm-hmm. I want to make films and then you'll write for 20 minutes every, you know, bi-weekly. And then you'll add a little more and you'll add a little more. And it just gets to a point where you're working that much. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to turn it over to Latif now to give you a rundown of his regular day. And then we'll keep going. Yeah, so I... I work as a freelancer in the Craigslist industry. <laughs> <laughs> Great tool for work. Yeah, I find a lot of gigs on Craigslist, ironically. I think it's been my main places to find like contract work. Yeah, I think a lot of people look down on it, but it's great. Why would they look down on it? I don't know. Craigslist kind of has that reputation of being like, oh, it's Craigslist. You mean like sexually wrong? No. <laughs> well, kind of, I guess. Depends which tab you're clicking on. <laughs> I gotta find my work on that sexually wrong site. <laughs> my film work. <laughs> no, um... Uh, I mean, right... It was just like a, a habit. Like, as soon as I came out of film school, I was like, where do I find work? You know, I'd look on Facebook and Kijiji, and then I found Craigslist, and I was like, hey, there's work here. Yeah. Uh, so... Generally, if I'm not working, I will open up my LinkedIn and my Craigslist and Facebook and whatever websites there are to find work mm. and then start looking for gigs. Mm. Um, right, let's slow it down. What do you do the first thing? What time do you wake up and what's the first thing you do? Uh, it depends. Like if I'm not working, I'll probably wake up around 9. If I'm working, I'll probably wake up around 7.30. Right now I'm doing some contract editing work at a marketing agency. So if I work there, I'll wake up at 7.30 um, on a normal day, 9 o'clock, and then I'll look at my phone for a decent amount of time. <laughs> uh, I'm, my internal clock is kind of set to 9, which is it's a good time. A little later. Mm-hmm. And then immediately go to my laptop and start looking through my emails. And if I don't have any immediate work to do, then I'll start looking for any gigs that are coming up in the next few days. Mm-hmm. And after an hour of that... I'll go straight into editing if I have any editing to do. And if there's none of that stuff going on, then I will attempt to do some writing. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of where it goes up until 3 to 5 p.m. I'll be doing some writing, and then I'll get usually a really late lunch because I wouldn't have eaten lunch Mm -hmm. by then. (laughs) Because I'm just kind of... A lupper? Yeah. (laughs) A lupper. (laughs) A leper, I thought that's what you said first. I was like, what? <laughs> um, usually around then I kind of call it a, a day if I'm just sitting in front of the computer all day because I don't want to be doing that mm-hmm. every day. 
because it'll be awful for my back and my eyes. That's pretty fair. Uh, so after getting food, I might go out and take some photos or whatever. But that's kind of the breakdown of a very slow day for me, mm-hmm. which is very common. Yeah. yeah. And then if we're editing, he'll do that, and then I'll show up, and then we'll edit all night. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's kind of what happened today. Yeah, it's going on right now. Yeah. In podcast. Yeah, and then we'll edit until like 10.30. Then I'll probably watch a movie. Sweet. Before I go to sleep. But my schedule's not very set. I don't have a very disciplined schedule. It's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're like an opposite in that way, where mm-hmm. you have a very I want to be you, man. <laughs> I'm tired of working full time. <laughs> it's fair, but I, I do... Yeah. I do have that constant, like, I need to figure out what my next job is. Mm-hmm. So I'm always, like, looking for the next gig, which is kind of unsettling, but I've gotten used to it after four years of freelancing. <laughs> I can imagine so. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that that's, like, a busier day for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll, I'll usually end up working a little earlier and doing more intensive work and be done around 5 p.m. And then I call it a day at five. I'll I'll come back home. Um, a lot of times I'll just be listening to music or a podcast or watching a movie. And then later into the night, I'll just be thinking about like what I want to work on. You know what I totally just realized? Mm-hmm. People are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, wait a minute. These fucking guys work all the time. But they just did an episode... I'm not working all the time. <laughs> These guys are hypocrites. <laughs> Wait, I'm not working all the time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the last episode was like, don't dedicate all your time to film. You have to go oh, yeah. there and live too. <laughs> like, don't, don't just work all the time, you idiots. What do you do? Oh, I work all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just work all the time. Jeez. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, on the weekends, we're not working. Like, you have the weekends off, right? I do. I mean, For you don't. The most part, you don't do your day job on the weekends. No, no, very rarely. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, even when there's film work on the weekends, unless we're like taking a day to shoot, mm-hmm. I'd say I usually try and take one day of the weekend off to do nothing. Yeah. See my wife. <laughs> I really like her. <laughs> and then the first you day, should. I know, right? Imagine if it's like, why do you work so much? Oh, I'm just trying <laughs> to get away from my wife. <laughs> try to stay away from the wife. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I try and take one day off um, every week. It doesn't always pan out, but you know, sometimes you get the rare occasion where you get two days off, and that's really nice. Yeah. Talk a little bit about this was your idea for this part of the episode. What life was like before you were doing the freelance and kind of transitioning into that? Surprisingly, I had a more stable life before getting into the film industry. Yeah? Yeah, I used to work full time at restaurants and. Worked at a coffee shop, and I wasn't really uh, passionate about anything before getting into the. I mean, I I think this was kind of what I wanted to do, but mm-hmm. before getting into it, like when I if I wasn't in school or if I wasn't, um, this is not film school either. I, I mm-hmm. like I hadn't gone to film school at this point. If I wasn't working or at school, um, I would just be hanging out with friends. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was no. Uh, well, that's where that life Purpose. comes in, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Those were great times hanging out with my friends, but a lot of a lot of the moments after a while felt like 
what am I doing with my life? Like, <laughs> where is this going? Time to get a little trajectory. Yeah. I remember the last regular job I had before I decided I wanted to get into film was working at Subway. Yeah, I love this story. I think I'm the I, one with the meats. I think I told this on the podcast before, but I was just... I didn't... When I got hired at Subway, the interview went so well. The guy, the guy's just like, yeah, we're going to hire you. Mm-hmm. And I remember exactly what he asked me. He's like, hey, like Subway's not just about making sandwiches. You're a salesman. you got to sell the sandwich. I'm like, okay. <laughs> He's like, now, if I told you Subway were, was going to sell fries with their subs, how would you sell the fries to the customers? And in my head, I thought, this is such a dumb question. <laughs> because you don't have fries, and I'll never have to sell them. Um, but I was like, listen, your sub's going to be great, but it'll be even better with some Subway fries. And his face lit up, and he hired me. And then uh, when I showed up for my first shift, I was supposed to log into the Subway website or whatever and memorize all the sandwiches, uh, in, 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 like ingredients and what goes in the sandwiches. And I didn't look at anything. <laughs> so I show up, and the customer's like, can I get like a something something and i'm like sure my hand's kind of hovering over different meats yeah, just to preface this the teaspoon of vegetarian his whole life so he's never eaten any of these meats yeah like I, I couldn't tell the difference between pepperoni and salami and turkey and whatever <laughs> i just it just looked like a bunch of different pale meats to me so i just assumed everything was kind of the same tasting so i think like some guy ordered like a pepperoni and i threw some turkey and a bit of you know other one the other one yeah that one and then you know i worked there for two months i quit i hated it but to be fair i was really bad at being a subway sandwich artist and then i was like i'm I'm gonna go into film i love that story yeah but that was a yeah that was a dull time in my life i remember uh you know i was making money working at subway like Mm. not great money but it was like some money you know it was stable somewhat but mm-hmm. after that it was like I can't do this yeah that's fair do you remember the moment that that kicked in for you where you were just like this isn't me and I gotta go yeah I, I was walking home from Subway I think I was just down this way right not too far from my house I was turning the corner the sun has had just about set and I was thinking to myself like yeah I can't do like this kind of work I can't just work in restaurants and kind of wander job to job not really doing anything mm-hmm. I kind of made a decision because I was kind of dabbling with like making a short film or something at that point mm-hmm. but I thought I should really get into this and after I made the jump like I haven't really had a normal person job since I've always been jumping from like film gig to film gig mm. was it um a nervous transition for you? Were you worried you were making the wrong choice? Or like what was going through your head? No, it was more like I, I, I think at that point I kind of knew I wanted to go into film. So I took the leap and once I quit Subway within like a few months, um, I had signed up to go to film school. Mm-hmm. So I was like right after that I, I kind of leaped into it. And but were you nervous? No, not really. I think I was nervous when I graduated from film school. Mm-hmm that was more they kind of let you go and you gotta figure it out <laughs> and I was frantically not on rails anymore oh yeah I was looking for like whatever jobs I could get so I was doing like a bunch of crap that I'd never attempt to do now 
film-wise or yeah like uh, i think the thing that was important for me is like i wouldn't be able i i told myself i wouldn't go back to like having a regular job that wasn't in my field so if i was even shooting something or editing something even if it was in a film if it was like video related i would do the work mm -hmm. so i was just scrambling to find that kind of stuff so i was in a lot of weird meetings meeting a lot of strange people yeah you know doing a lot of free shit as well sometimes that's where i met you yeah and then um eventually it just kind of led to more consistent work once i started getting uh, more experience mm. get hired for you know bigger gigs and better jobs and now i'm actually able to sustain a lifestyle with just freelance work somehow mm. was it frustrating in the times where you were doing a lot of the free stuff yeah yeah definitely um i think it just because uh i was making so little money at the time mm -hmm. um it felt like uh it felt like you were just going to be stuck there mm -hmm. um making any progress felt like it took super long um but eventually once you shot like 10 different projects you had enough work there where you could start demanding a little more money and yeah and you could consistently work a little more mm -hmm. um yeah, but it was tough. I think I only had like seven gigs that first year. Really? Yeah, it was like really small. Were right. most of them free? No, no. Oh, these are like paid things. These are, these are like seven okay. paid gigs. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, but like during that time, like even in the early stages, like my, my day-to-day schedule was still all over the place. Mm -hmm. I still hadn't kind of locked things down. I wasn't doing any writing and yeah. I was doing weird hours sometimes, but I think now even though I'm still freelancing, my schedule has become more normalized. Mm -hmm. And I'll wake up and do a, a, a couple of things I normally always do. I'll check emails and, and stuff like that. I'll um, at least do a little bit of writing every day, even if it's like half a page, which is nothing. But yeah, um, yeah it, there, there's been a pretty big change from like the beginning to where I am now schedule-wise. But mm. I think it could still get better. <laughs> keep going on the upward um i just real quick want to touch on how you said like do a, a bit of writing every day even if it's only half a page like when i talked about my day and i said i'll go to work and then my my break i get is 15 minutes and i'll pull out the laptop that's 15 minutes of writing and i know a lot of people will be like how do you write with just 15 minutes like i spend a half hour watching youtube before i write and like that you can do it. Just sit down and be like, I only have 15. I got to bang out 15 solid minutes of writing. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, if you're doing that every day, at the end of five days, you're at, what, hour 15. So yeah, better than nothing, right? I, th I think, like, one thing, just to be clear, like, when I think, you know, like, say I have half an hour to do some writing. Mm -hmm. Like, when I'm not literally writing for half an hour. Mm -hmm. A lot of times I'll just be sitting there and thinking hard. Mm -hmm. About writing. Though. About writing. About story. And then, like, honestly, maybe, like, four minutes of that half an hour will actually be writing. Mm -hmm. And 26 minutes will be, like, thinking and, and deleting something and, and rehashing it out in your head, so... Yeah. Well, that's still writing. It, yeah, I mean, that's that's what I mean by writing. But like, someone might be like, it's I like have typing. to write, I have to type for thirty minutes. It's impossible. <laughs> I could write the whole screenplay in thirty minutes. That'd be impressive. Be at like what, four pages a minute? <laughs> My God, that'd be scary to see. <laughs> that'd be like a Elron Hubbard, 
do you know he's written the most? That Joe Rogan's got a great joke about him. He has, he's written the most science fiction of any hurt person that's ever lived ever. <laughs> Joe Rogan's like, the dude never wrote a second draft in his entire fucking life. <laughs> Just sitting there, <laughs> done. <laughs> Throwing stories out there. <laughs> How about you? Like, how's how's everything changed since you got into the film industry? Uh, quite a bit. Like, um, yeah, I was in Ottawa, Ontario, worst place in the world. Don't ever live there. <laughs> and I was working for PepsiCo, selling Pepsi. <laughs> now, I really hated this job and. That was a really bad company to work for. I kind of came in at like the tail end of their their heyday. Mm-hmm. Like I remember when I first started, it was actually kind of nice. Like everyone was in good spirits, and at Christmas they gave people like gift cards and stuff. It was fun. And, yeah, 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 it was alright at the start. That also could have just been like coming at it through kind of freshman eyes, and you mm-hmm. know, you're like, oh, this is great, but everyone maybe around me was like, Ugh. <laughs> anyways, um, I was there first. A little over six years. I think it ended up being like six years and four days or something like that. Um, and towards the end of it, I really couldn't stand it anymore. Um, I'd been playing music that entire time. That was the aspiration to be, you know, a rock star, if you will. That kind of faded out. And I remember thinking, well, the only thing I've ever loved as much as I love music is movies. And I think the reason I never tried to do anything in film was it was so much more unattainable than music, especially like I grew up in a small town called Carlton Place, Ontario, which at the time I moved there, I think had 8,000 people. Now it only has like 10,000. That's like 16 years later. <laughs> no, not 16, like almost 20 years later. Um, so like my hometown never had anything film oriented. So the idea of like, oh, maybe you could make a movie was just like other you know, Hollywood people make movies. I can't make a movie. I'm not a Hollywood person. But music was attainable. It's like you can go buy a guitar and you can just play it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when this band faded out, I was like, I really want to try making movies. I know I've told this on the podcast before, but I took a little six-week film course. It was just, I think it was once or twice a week for three hours, which was, you know, the bare bones of film course. <laughs> like... Mm-hmm. 24 hours or 40 hours or whatever it was is not enough to prep you but it gave you me a good enough idea just to say I either like this or I don't like it and mm-hmm. I really liked it uh, so I was like I'm going to move to Vancouver and uh, I asked you if you were nervous quitting Subway because uh, like I obviously had to do the same thing with Pepsi and move here and I remember being quite nervous before I made the choice like there was a little wrestling period of like oh you know I know I don't want to do this and I want to do that but before I had decided to that was where the nervousness hit me but once I was like okay yeah I'm done with this I want to go do film (laughs) and I'm going to make this big transition that wasn't nervous at all that was just straight excitement slash like oh I want it to be today I want it to be today (laughs) right down from quitting to packing to moving here um in terms of like what I wanted to do I that was just straight excitement Mm -hmm. um and with those transitions too always comes a lot of sacrifice like um I did go up to the girl I was seeing and say like this isn't going to be the most welcome news but 
I kind of hate living here and I hate my job and I want to do film. There's no film here, so I'm going to move 3,000 miles away now. And what do you think? <laughs> now, luckily, she's great and it was all good and she's now my wife. And Kate, I love you. Um, she, she doesn't listen to the podcast. She actually doesn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's a girl out there listening named Kate, Matt he does you. not love you. No, no. Well, I do. <laughs> We both said really contradicting things there. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's going to be those levels of sacrifice, whether you're just quitting a job, whether you're going from high school to film school, whether you're moving across country, wherever it is, whatever it is, it's going to be, you're going to have nervousness and then you're going to, I think, have acceptance and then going forward, you're going to have excitement. So if you're in that area of like nervousness, just going to be all good if it's really which one do figure it out and then just go ahead and it's gonna be great um and then i moved here i just took any cooking job i could find because i knew i didn't want to do pepsi and that it's all i've really done with my life i didn't want to get into sales or anything like that so mm-hmm. i was like i like cooking stuff i'll try and cook stuff so i cooked for like a year and a half i, I didn't really like that um and that's you know, I was getting into film. I met you during that time as well. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, it doesn't. It's not you decide you want to be in film, and the next day you're working, eighteen hours a day. It doesn't work that way. Like, I I moved here. I said I wanted to get into film. I got a part time slash full time like thirty two hour a week kind of cooking job, mm-hmm. and then I volunteered on film set. It was like cool. So there was a couple days, and that was the vineyard where I met you. First yeah. thing I volunteered for here. And then after that, it was like, you know, a little bit of writing here and there. Oh, you know, take three hours on a Thursday, then Sunday morning I'll write for a bit. And then before you know it, it's, oh, I really like writing. You're writing for an hour a day. And then it's like, oh, you know, I'd like to try my hand at producing. So you produce a half hour every third day. So your schedule just gradually fills up like that. And it's actually a pretty, or at least in my experience, pretty steady incline mm-hmm. so it's it's less jarring and less like holy fuck I have to work all these hours oh my god and during those times where your schedule's ramping up and you have less and less free time you also get to really decide like do I like this and if you're one of the people where you, you know you're in that time and you're like I don't like this then just stop doing it and you go back to having all this free time <laughs> so no harm done right but yeah your schedule's just gradually going to fill up the more you do it and especially if you get into it and find out you love it then you're going to want to allocate more and more time to it and you know still like I'm tired all the time mm-hmm. all the time I'm tired right now <laughs> but I got a lot of joy and a lot of happiness I get a lot of fulfillment out of this and to not have not be doing movies and not feel the fulfillment and that I feel from it that's when I feel worst Mm-hmm. it's like just speaking from my shoes and if anyone listening can relate like the the act of going out and doing something you're really passionate about fulfills you in a way where like making money like cause I made a lot of money at Pepsi <laughs> and I was empty I was like a void you know like mm-hmm. I, I love my girlfriend now wife but other than that I was pretty fucking miserable so to come and then moved to Vancouver and I think I started cooking at $13 an hour so like 30 hours a week you're not making too much money yeah. it's Vancouver so like rent's expensive and stuff but to do that and then volunteer your time 
and just work towards making movies and realize how much happier you were than mm-hmm. when you were raking in these big paychecks and you know selling your soul as it will you realize you love it in those moments and you just keep going and you know I haven't even seen a sign of not loving it since so <laughs> that's good news do you yeah. kind of feel the same with like once you've started it's just been like you really enjoy, you really enjoy it and you want to keep going or what yeah yeah I mean once I once I got into it I kind of knew this was it like mm-hmm. I had no other nothing other other than film kind of piqued my interest because mm-hmm. for a long time before I got into film I was you know a competitive dancer mm-hmm. which is awesome yeah I mean people might think I'm lying because it sounds funny <laughs> no he's not lying no I, tell I was, the story of the party stories rap party what happened when uh, Ashley who teaches dance oh yeah one of the actresses on the film was a dance teacher yeah and she's good yeah and she's like oh yeah oh, let's have a dance party and then, like, out of nowhere, I just, like, showed up and made her look awful. Yeah, I didn't see this, but apparently it was, like, Latif came in, just, like, schooled her. <laughs> and I just saw her, like, seconds after, and she's like, how is Latif so good at dancing? And I'm like, he just dances a lot. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I just, I just learned it to make fun of dancers. <laughs> Be like, no, no, that's easy. I learned that last night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's not something I, like... I wear on my sleeve. I just have that skill if I ever need... Yeah. <laughs> if I ever need to save my life with dance battle, <laughs> I can do it. Um, Crazier things have happened. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was doing that for like 10 years, and by by the end of it, I was like, I can't really have a life as a dancer. Like, I don't see it mm. being something I could do. I mean, I liked it, but I didn't like it that much, so... Okay, so, urgent update... <laughs> We had to pause for a quick second because someone came to the door, but I learned something very crazy. As we mentioned earlier, the chief was eating a banana, and he was holding the stem in his hand, and he peeled from what I would assume is the bottom of the banana down to the stem, and I've recently just learned that I've been eating bananas wrong my entire, like, 29 years of existence. (laughs) Yeah, he looked at my banana peel, which was open normally like in Mario Kart and he's like why is your banana backwards you eat them backwards I'm like what what are you talking about <laughs> and he googled how to eat a banana okay, it just because this is I think this is hilarious I gotta redo the steps on how to eat bananas step one get a banana <laughs> step two identify the top of the banana and this is where I went wrong in step two mm. I only got the first step right <laughs> I never read the manual Identify top of banana. Bananas grow in bunches, pointing with the stems on the bottom. The other side is really the top. It's like this was written for me. Like, hey, idiot. <laughs> There's a finger pointing at the top. This is crazy. I've been eating bananas wrong my entire life. Yeah, you gotta add the banana time into your schedule now. <laughs> Learn banana. <laughs> gonna go at five now. <laughs> okay, what were we talking about? I don't know. Yeah, bottom line, like, get into film, there's going to be a lot you need to sacrifice, mostly time-wise, your days are going to be quite full. I love my wife to death, I love my friends, and hanging out with Latif outside of film too, so like... And you have cats. Yeah, they're cool. Well, not Chester, he broke the PS4 yesterday, little fucking asshole. (laughs) 
Yeah, you're going to spend a lot of time doing film, but as long as it brings you joy and you at least have a little bit of time to spend doing things you love with the people you love, then I think that's what's important. Yeah. I th- you know, like I work most days, but there are some days where I just don't... I don't spend a lot of time with people as well. <laughs> I think that's just one thing you have to put it out there. Mm. I spend a lot of time by myself. Um... So when I see friends or go hang out with someone, it's like the odd day of the week when I do that. Most of my week is spent by myself, um, and I prefer it that way. Hmm. <laughs> I don't really like to hang out with people all the time. And with your cat. Yeah, my cat's nice. He's very quiet. <laughs> um, so for the most part, uh, I don't need like a ton of socializing in my life. I think I... I get a fair amount um, enough to get some some time away from the work and everything but mm. you know even if I go out on a day and decide like oh, I don't really want to do any super film type work today I'll just go and take my camera and go take some photos maybe mm. go to watch a movie or something yeah. Um, yeah but like you know filling your time with other things that are productive at least I think is important. How often do you travel? Oof. Um, you want a couple trips? Yeah, it's very erratic. We've been trying, Kate and I have been trying a lot to travel a lot this year. So, like, we did Seattle in like February, went to San Francisco, uh, back to Ottawa for a wedding. Went somewhere else too. Can't remember where the hell it was. Um, going to Mexico for. Dia de Muertos. Yeah. Oh, I'm so stoked for that, Latif. I'm going to bring back so much tequila. We're going to have a great time. <laughs> and, yeah, get home for... Or get back to Ontario for Christmas and stuff. What about you? You don't do too much traveling, eh? Nah. I don't really like to go on vacations. Mm-hmm. Um, if I like to go on trips, like, three days at the most. Yeah. It really sure. messes up my schedule. Mm-hmm. My, like, awful, broken schedule. I'm like, <laughs> oh, no. You've ruined my bad schedule with traveling. <laughs> I like to keep my bad schedule together. So when I travel, it actually does, like, kind of mess things up for me a little. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I'm going to uh, Thailand. Yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. In Burma. That's where I'm from. In December. And it's going to be like a three-week thing. Yeah. And I'm really like, damn it, it's too long. <laughs> no, you're going to have a blast, man. I, I know I'll enjoy it, but it's it's going to mess up my bad schedule. Oh, you can still bring like a laptop and do some writing. You mean not writing? I yes. Can... <laughs> you can do some thinking. <laughs> I could do some not writing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I think uh, finding that, that place and getting into that little routine where you can consistently get work done is important but yeah. you gotta figure out what works for you like I'm a night owl oh yeah eh? oh yeah I, I think that's the big thing like mm-hmm. you like to wake up early like, I no like... I hate waking up early I would love to be a night owl <laughs> oh okay but you're good at it yeah alright I'm not good at that <laughs> I like to stay up really late mm-hmm. I tend to do a lot of work like late into the night too yeah um, so on a non-working day a lot of the times I'll go to sleep really late because mm-hmm. I'll just be doing work or something that I enjoy. Um, it's surprising how we managed to work together with such weird schedules. I know. I, yeah. I totally feel you on the night owl too thing. Like I remember um, back when I was cooking when I first moved here. Like 
when I first started writing heavily, some of the times I would get the most work done was when I get off work at like midnight, mm-hmm. and then I would just stay up writing till three. It's like everything was quiet. You know, roommate was wherever, sleeping at work, drinking whatever, but like just the crickets, throw on like a little bit of low music, get all romantic, <laughs> and then and then just write for like a couple hours. Like that's awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. And try to find somebody to throw some exercise in there as well, too. Yeah. I didn't mention that, but, like, I, I try to work out at least four times in a week. Mm. For myself, at least. Um, yeah. And I know you it's work out. It's good for clearing your head. Yeah, like yeah. every morning you try to go to the gym, so I, I recommend, especially because of the type of work we're doing, like, everyone should find a day where they do get some exercise. Yeah, cause it can be very sedentary. Yeah, this is a, a, the type of career where you're probably going to be going into your later years working yeah so you should try to keep your health up and mm-hmm. and add that to your schedule and not die yeah don't die <laughs> you hear that listeners don't die yeah it's a good note to end on alright don't die uh, so yeah this podcast has been brought to you by Pippa Pippa.io mm-hmm. podcast hosting service they got some really great features we use them they're awesome check them out they're cheap yeah. Uh, well, I guess we'll be back next week with a special episode. Filmcraft. 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 Don't die. Don't die. Eat bananas the right way. Fuck them.